0: Chapter Five of Lady Jim of Curzon Street. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lady Jim of Curzon Street by Fergus Hume. Chapter Five a congregation drawn to the church of all angels by various inducements filled it to overflowing the next morning some came because it was christmas day others to hear lionel Cames preach many desired to see the ducal party and one or two presented themselves in god's house to thank him for the gift of his son sent to save a dying world knowing the duke's old age impeccability nearly all his guests were present and filled three large pews to the wondering awe of the villagers and their wives these last especially were distracted by the splendour of the ladies dresses and the variety of the new fashions many laudable imitations of those marvellous frocks were visible in country lane and village street before easter lady jim and her husband discreetly sat in the body of the church some distance from the pulpit as leah did not wish to come under the curate's eye she thought he was quite capable of preaching at her in which case a natural resentment would have led to a quarrel prejudicial to the exercise of lionel's good offices with the duke moreover leah occupied with her own thoughts did not want to be distracted by a sermon of religious platitudes she stood up and sat down mechanically looking too flamboyant to be in harmony with the simplicity of the building tucked into the opening of her incroyable coat claret-coloured and with strikingly large buttons she wore a cup-shaped nosegay of white and pink orchids her hat was large with many feathers of the new titian red and resembled nothing in nature she did not wear jewellery but the vivid colours of her dress made up for the absence of gems there was something tropical about leah and in that chill grey church she glowed like a gorgeous flower all splendour and perfume and radiant vitality her exuberant beauty and colour attracted even the attention of jim he bent forward when the prayer for the king's majesty was being said i believe you're enjoyin it muttered jim resentfully hush breathed leah devoutly and knelt in a saintly attitude which was far from expressing her real feelings for the moment she did not pray herself or think of the prayer that was being offered her thoughts were busy with bill's and dun's and jim's defects and the chances that demetrius might prove useful and when she did murmur a prayer it was one of those which are rarely answered or if answered turned to the confusion of the suppliant plenty of money no trouble much enjoyment and the destruction of her enemies were the elements which composed this remarkable petition lady jim was not very clear as to whom she was asking but she had a vague feeling which she mistook for religion that there might be some one who could give her what she required moreover it was just as well to be on the safe side yet even as she tried the experiment the earthly superstition asserted itself and she carefully fingered a peacock's feather inside her muff this serving of god and a fetish may seem ridiculous in a woman of leah's capacity nevertheless she devoutly believed that if the unseen deity did not help her the seen bale would and after all was there not a cat of Hind's acquaintance who made genuflections before a pink-ribboned flageolet but cat says the poet remarks are so superstitious and leah the pantheress was of the feline tribe having made herself safe with the unknown lady jim joined in the ensuing hymn bravely she thought the words dreary and the tune barbarous but the fervour of her deep contralto voice reached the duke's ears and he gave her an approving glance so that was something gained leah would have gone through the whole collection of ancient and modern to learn the precise meaning of that look but she was satisfied with guessing and sat down cheerfully to be bored with the sermon it occurred to her that the prayer had been heard and would probably be granted but whether by the peacock's feather or the deity of whom lionel now began to speak she could not determine and his name shall be called wonderful this was the curate's text and he discoursed on it in a simple and impressive way speaking of the birth of christ of his teaching and plan of salvation of his self-denying life and unwearying kindness the young man's grave and tender periods shamed the most inattentive into thoughtfulness lionel was not a born orator but he was very much in earnest and preached with an emphasis which carried undeniable conviction mrs penworthy felt suddenly virtuous and resolved to repeat as much of the sermon as she could remember to freddy so that he might not grumble so much over what the silly thing called her extravagance even lady canvey wagged her aged head and thought that she might help a few deserving paupers if their needs could be supplied in moderation leah herself was impressed to the extent of hoping that the duke would see that it behoved him to fill the empty pockets of a deserving and pretty daughter-in-law jim would have approved of this sentiment but all the time he was fast asleep and woke up cross when she pinched him to rise for the doxology beyond a stray sentence here and there leah had not paid much attention she had heard it all before though some of the sentiments were new and as she thought ridiculous when the preacher was fairly started she relapsed into her own thoughts these being unpleasant she permitted her hard eyes to wander round the church after a wondering gaze at the extraordinary fashions of the women and a patronising examination of the decorations she caught sight of a face belonging to a young man on the other side of the aisle he was so like jim that she involuntarily turned to see if her husband still slumbered placidly by her side the double was dressed in grey tweeds and looked almost like a gentleman he stooped a trifle in spite of his square shoulders and stalwart figure and every now and then coughed painfully apparently he was ill with some pulmonary complaint which the freezing atmosphere of the church accentuated leah wondered at the resemblance and thought of certain traditionary stories concerning the youthful days of the duke but after a second glance she decided that perhaps there was nothing in it jim was of a pink-and-white bovine commonplace type and there were hundreds like him in manners and morals and looks moreover she was so weary of seeing jim's inane face over the breakfast cups that she did not care to gaze at the imitation nevertheless being a woman with the orthodox share of eve's curiosity she resolved to ask questions about this consumptive double mrs arthur the firmingham housekeeper could doubtless tell some story as she knew much more about the duke than had ever appeared even in the most scurrilous society paper and lady jim knew how to make her talk when the plate circled leah quadrupled jim's half-crown and he did not approve when the piece of gold jingled amongst the silver you've been borrowing jim accused her in an angry whisper praise god from whom all blessings flow sang leah without replying and put her whole heart and voice into the hymn in the hope that some of the blessings might trickle her way and why not seeing that she had baited her hook with a sprat to catch the much-needed mackerel but it was useless to explain this to jim he would not have understood such lavish fishing it was really too lovely mrs penworthy assured the duke at luncheon mr kaimes spoke just the things i feel and the decorations oh really so very tasteful but the mistletoe duke i don't think there should have been mistletoe round the pulpit such an immoral plant chimed in lady Canby, with sharp twinkling eyes and so useless to some people who can dispense with it as an excuse i dare say the druids were no better than they should have been they were before my time said mrs penworthy very prettily and you must have been quite a child then dear lady canvey the sermon affected lady frith in another fashion oh dear bunny she said to her saturnine husband what a lovely way lionel puts things do let us help people there's leah you know exactly assented frith dryly i do know and for that reason i don't intend to waste money in that direction but lionel talked of aiding the poor and needy that doesn't include the extravagant and ungrateful retorted her lord you are an unsophisticated child hilda oh bunny how could you call poor leah and her husband names we must love every one at this season oh i'll love them as much as you please but not to the extent of supporting them plainly there was nothing to be got out of frith as lady jim decided when the marchioness reported a part of this conversation later in the day but she attempted to soften the marquis by saying things which she knew the child-wife would babble again to her hard-hearted husband jim and i don't want money dear she said kissing lady frith so long as frith is nice to us we don't care you have your position to keep up and we are nothing but it was sweet of you to speak oh no prattled hilda in her childish way i want every one to love me ever so much i am sure they do isn't frith jealous as nearly jealous as a perfect man can be i thought perfect men had no imperfection retorted lady jim ironically but it's all right dear another kiss we must bear our cross as lionel said this morning now i must go to see old mrs arthur one must be good to one's inferiors the result of this conversation was that lady frith told her husband of leah's pointedly correct humbleness whereat the marquis laughed shortly he quite understood lady jim's tactics and was resolved that they should not succeed frith was one of the few men lady jim had never fascinated and she hated to be under his clear-sighted gaze if hilda could have heard leah's inward remarks as she proceeded to the housekeeper's room she would scarcely have given so favourable a report good day mrs arthur said lady jim to the old-fashioned dame in the black silk and lace cap who rose to drop a prim curtsey i have come to wish you the compliments of the season thank you my lady won't you be seated lady jim selected the most comfortable chair in the quaint small room and graciously requested the housekeeper to resume her seat then she asked about mrs arthur's cough and her sailor son and her married daughter and after various other things in which she did not feel the least interest the old woman much impressed with leah's condescension and not sufficiently clever to see through her arts expanded like a winter rose in this aristocratic sunshine in a few minutes she was chatting quite at her ease and with the discursive garrulousness of old age this was the unguarded mood leah desired for the satisfaction of her curiosity and having created it by an appearance of the deepest interest in mrs arthur's domestic small beer chronicles she proceeded to take advantage of the opportunity the service was delightful this morning she observed the decorations were charming and the congregation so attentive. i suppose you know every one in the village mrs arthur i ought to my lady i am firmingham bred and born and the very good representative of the place said leah kindly the villagers are really quite nice-looking especially the men if you saw my son was he in church this morning asked lady jim who knew very well that the young man was with his ship in chinese waters i saw rather a handsome young fellow in one of the pews but he looked ill of course i thought him handsome she went on carelessly and with a soft laugh he was the image of my husband mrs arthur looked rather nervous there is only one young man hereabouts who resembles lord james she observed and i do not wonder you saw the likeness my lady harold garth is like lord james now and is such as his grace was in his youth oh leah's eyes opened do you mean to say nothing my lady nothing and mrs arthur's hands fiddled nervously with the gold chain she wore round her neck then woman-like she went on to contradict herself harold garth has lately returned from canada where he went to farm garth i seem to know the name i don't know who can have mentioned it to you my lady he is the only garth in the district and i dare say you never saw him before well no i must admit that i never have why canada exclaimed mrs arthur vaguely he has been there for the last twenty years he went out to make money at the age of fifteen and has apparently returned with consumption yes poor lad but the duke is very kind to him lady jim laughed meaningly oh the duke is very kind to him is he that's so like the duke always thoughtful fifteen and twenty he is about thirty-five more or less my lady my husband's age said lady jim pointedly yes my lady assented mrs arthur closing her lips firmly leah tried another question why doesn't this young man's family keep him instead of letting the duke support him harold Garth has no family my lady his mother is dead and his father mrs arthur looked down i know nothing about his father she said in low tones harold is a lonely man poor soul he lives at the pentland arms and mrs Kibby, the landlady is as kind to him as though he were her own son and his grace bless him does all he can to smooth harold's way to the grave he sent that foreign doctor to demetrius said lady jim quickly oh so demetrius knows him yes my lady he thinks he can cure him of this consumption i do not think so myself proceeded mrs arthur garrulously for harold is booked for death you can see it in his face i believe his grace wants him to go to a warmer climate what a deep interest the duke takes in this man mrs arthur looked up suddenly and a flush dyed her withered cheek the eyes of the two women met and the situation was adjusted without words after that interchange of glances leah knew as well as if mrs arthur had explained at length that harold had ducal blood in his veins and that is why he is so like jim she thought rising to go i hope the poor fellow will get well she said aloud but really he was foolish to venture into that cold church i don't think he minds if he is dead or alive my lady he has no friends oh yes the duke certainly his grace who is a friend to all said mrs arthur loyally lady jim laughed and went away she had learned all she wished to learn but beyond satisfying a passing curiosity had no desire to pursue the subject still she thought it would amuse her to ask demetrius a few questions concerning this patient and went in search of him somehow the subject of harold garth and his resemblance to jim took hold of her imagination and she could not put it out of her head while she was thinking of other matters the thought of the strange likeness now fully accounted for would slip in and she would find herself pondering afterwards she declared that this insistence upon a passing thought was the work of providence for so she called the peacock feather bale she served demetrius was not in the house having been called out to see some one who was ill in the village so lionel assured her and moreover supplied her with the name of the patient it's a young fellow called harold garth he said gravely he foolishly came to church this morning and being already ill is worse from having ventured out i never heard a parson call going to church foolishness before said lady jim surprised that the subject should crop up again in so unexpected a manner who is harold Garth? a protege of the duke's he has just returned from canada said the curate simply and curiously enough he is rather like the kaimes family perhaps that is why the duke is so kind to him perhaps it is said leah wondering how much lionel guessed i don't think i ever saw him she added mendaciously if you did you would mistake him for your husband how awful shuddered leah as though one jim wasn't enough to be bothered with but can't we talk of something more interesting your sermon for instance i trust you found that interesting said lionel smiling oh yes it wasn't too long i see dryly you judge the interest of a sermon by its length oh no really i quite enjoyed your preaching i don't preach that people may enjoy but that they may think seriously of what they are i'm sure i think seriously enough lionel have you spoken to the duke no i wish you would to-morrow this is christmas day remember as if i could forget with all the nonsense that's going on here retorted lady jim glancing superciliously round at the decorations every one is overdoing the brotherly business i quite expected my maid to tell me that she loved me and i don't see why you shouldn't ask the duke to-day you'll squeeze the money out of him the more easily while he's got this christmassy emotion on i don't squeeze money out of people said Came stiffly what a large income you must have then i live within it that's nothing to boast of i'd live within mine if i had ten thousand a year i doubt it replied lionel who could not help laughing at her coolness you'd spend fifty thousand if you had it rather if i were the duchess of pentland but there's no chance of such luck frith's too healthy do smile again lionel you've got such nice teeth and look quite a good sort when you let yourself go what am i to smile at asked the curate with deliberate austerity at me and on me i put ten shillings into the plate this morning lionel was a thoroughly good young man and had a great sense of the dignity of his cloth and the responsibility of his position but he also possessed humour and could not help retorting after the style of a certain witty bishop that's the smallest fire insurance i ever heard of said he genially and moved away leaving lady jim amused i didn't think he had so much fun in him she thought making for the library but the speech is too clever to be original which showed that leah suspected the existence of the witty bishop but the word insurance put her mind on jim's mad idea to pretend death and cheat the company out of twenty thousand pounds with accumulations leah devoutly wished that the trick could be managed its success meant a clearance of debt and of jim when the millennium would come and as mrs nickleby's admirer put it all would be gas and gaiters she resolved to have another chat with jim on the subject and meantime went to seek for a novel after boring herself with mrs arthur and lionel she wished to read away a well-earned hour of peace but this for the moment she was not destined to enjoy the library was empty save for the presence of the last person whom lady jim wished to encounter when miss jaffrey looked up from a gigantic volume with an almost toothless smile leah turned to fly but the old maid arrested her flight with a joyful shout she usually did shout as her brother was slightly deaf which deceived her into thinking the entire human race was likewise afflicted so sweet of you to come here shouted miss Jaffrey. i am just dying for someone to talk to if the decision had been left to lady jim she would have gladly avoided the talk to bring about this result but it occurred to her scheming mind that this dull spinster was wealthy and might be cajoled or frightened into lending money leah did not specify the sum even in her own mind as she did not know how much more this virgin soil would yield if properly worked sitting down promptly she began to chat on the first subject that came into her head what are you reading so earnestly she asked sweetly the mort d'artour said the spinster fondling the ponderous tone which her weak knees could hardly support heavens thought lady jim with a charming smile meaning nothing am i to be bored with another arthur the black-letter edition went on miss Jaffrey in a loud and oratorical voice most interesting so sweet to think of those dear dead days when knights went about as troubadours with guitars and steel armour dying for queens of beauty delightful assented lady jim yawning at the dullness of the picture but with a disparaging glance at the lettering isn't it rather like reading a german newspaper i prefer novels myself so do i when not in a poetic humour shouted her companion all the old old masters of fiction dickens bulwer lytton wilkie collins i love them all every one i seem to know those names ventured leah carefully what did they write miss jaffrey the spinster gasped brought up in a library she could not understand this fashionable ignorance which truth to say was partially assumed leah was by no means the ignoramus she made herself out to be but for the sake of business she thought it judicious to foster miss jaffrey's vanity by assuming an inferior position do you ever read asked miss jaffrey in the voice of goliath challenging the army of saul oh yes society newspapers and french novels but they are so improper nothing amusing is improper to my mind said lady jim calmly and i really did skim through a page or two of dickens horribly dull i thought him oh miss jaffrey gasped again he did so much good perhaps that is why his books are dull thoroughly good people are invariably here she discreetly pulled the reins as miss Jaffrey, considering herself good might not relish the malicious witticism presuming she could understand it i'll take you as my instructor dear miss Jaffrey," added leah stifling another yawn do tell me what to read there's wilkie collins's armadale said the old man delighted at being put into the pulpit but you might think me rude for recommending that why should i there's a character in it so like you in appearance apologized miss Jaffrey. in appearance only you will understand i should be sorry indeed to think that in morals you resembled miss gwilt miss how much gwilt g w i l t spelt the spinster the strange name of a strange woman she's the character i spoke of no really you mightn't like her she was well er er disreputable better begin with the woman in white oh i have heard of that what is it about a striking resemblance between two women one is passed off by her wicked husband as the other and buried to get money you understand a kind of fraud leah turned cold and hot it sounded as though this simple woman was explaining the contemplated deceit of herself and jim i don't think i should like that book at all she said diplomatically cunning it sounds dull i would rather read about the naughty woman miss what's-her-name it's in yonder bookshelf said miss jaffrey pointing a lean finger to the end of the room along with the rest of the master's novels but please don't think i fancy you resemble miss gwilt's moral character you certainly have her auburn hair red hair corrected lady jim rising i'm rather proud of it you ought to be said the old maid with simple admiration and rising to put away her tome i can imagine you a queen of beauty in the dear old tournaments with knights at your feet oh many are there now without tournaments said leah with superb self-confidence but i prefer men of higher rank than knights though i will say she added generously that men who have won knighthood are cleverer than those donkeys who inherit all this was Greek to Miss Jaffery, and after putting away her volume, she departed with a final recommendation about Miss Gwilt. Lady Jim walked to where Wilkie Collins's novels lined the shelf, and needless to say, selected the woman in white. I wonder if I can make fact out of fiction, she asked herself. End of chapter Five.